Well, welcome to the check, everyone. Uh, for us here, it's the 4th of July. Happy happy 4th. Brady, how you doing? I'm doing well, Alan. How are you, sir? I am awesome. Uh, happy to be here today with Jenna Rodriguez from Seafield Farms, and she's taken some time out of her busy day. She was uh, at the farmer's market this morning, and on her way back to the Eastern Shore, she decided to stop in with us and do this podcast. So thank you, Jenna. And Jenna, you... Uh, you- had mentioned that you had a little adventure on your way over here. <laughs> I did. Um, so hopefully the people who were behind me are not going to be listening to this. Highly <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, um, I packed the truck and uh, one of the crates that we used for our display was a little loose and on the interstate, <laughs> I saw it go flying. <laughs> Oh no! In the rearview mirror. In the rearview mirror. I was talking to my husband, and he's like losing. Like they're gonna pull you over. It didn't hit any car. I mean, people swerved a little. Everyone was safe. (laughs) Everyone was safe. It was funny. The whole crate just kind of just like (laughs) fell apart. Um, Like it was light, light. Yes, it was a very light, and it was a small little crate, kind of. But it it was kind of funny because everyone's safe. Nothing got. Nothing to see here. Yes. (laughs) We should maybe have a little background on Jenna. Um, Before she became this super farmer uh, on the Eastern Shore, she actually used to work for both of us at some point. Can you elaborate on that a little bit, Jenna? Sure. Um, Well, uh, my first job when I was 15, probably, maybe 16, um, I worked as a salad girl um, in the back of Steinies. for I think a year or two. Um, so Brady was my boss when I uh, just got started let, in the let, job. Let's say, let's say 16. We don't want Brady to get in trouble oh, with any yes. child labor laws. Definitely. Or like I think that. you could be 15 and a half. I, I know for a fact that she was legal. To work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Alvin was my boss at Cobalt Grill prior to. 2010 because i moved to chicago then so let's talk about chicago a little bit what was going on in chicago well um i went to grad school in chicago to go to columbia college it's an art school there and um it was a to get my master's and while i was there that's actually where i met my husband who is from virginia from williamsburg um i was waiting on him at a bar and i said how are y'all doing? And he heard y'all and asked where I was from. And we realized we're both from Virginia. And um, he went to college with some friends of mine that I grew up with. So we just started hanging out. Wow. All it took was one word, y'all. It was, yeah. Y'all y'all did it. How did you get from Chicago to the Eastern Shore being a farmer? We were in Chicago. Um, he was there for about 10 years right after college. He um, actually worked for the stock market as an options trader um, in Chicago. And I was, um, you know, doing art and then teaching out there. And we knew we wanted to come back to Virginia once we had kids to be close, you know, to our family. We just started looking and we just fell in love with the shore. And we found this house that had been on the market for like, I don't know, two weeks. And we bought it sight unseen. <laughs> And we moved there, no intention of farming. We just 
got there, I have a teaching degree. So I started teaching right away and we did do a garden and that's kind of how everything quickly transformed. So we started growing a garden and we realized we were, oh, we're, you know, we're kind of good at this. And we just hopped into a market. We kind of completely BS. We're like, yeah, we know what we're doing. We can do it. Yeah, we do all this. Yeah, we're farmers, but we had no idea. And we just kept saying, fake it till you make it. Um, so that's what we were doing. And we just started hustling. Um, and year one, we were ready to quit because we... Uh, realized uh, how hard it is. Yeah, we realized how hard yeah. it is. Weeds, you know, it's like, it, we're like, we don't know what we're doing. But after a winter, we were like, okay, do we really want to try to make this a business? Like, can we do this? And we actually took a farm course from this guy in um, upstate New York. And um, it was the biggest game changer for us. Once we did that, we understood how to grow things. And he just put everything in line to operate as a business. And we were, last year, we're like, oh my God, we just, we made profit, we're doing this, you know, and this year it's even, you know. Profit? Um, Do you remember that, Brady? Do you remember profit? <laughs> it's even better. So we've just kind of hit the ground running and it's still, we don't stop working. I don't think people understand what farming means or how many hours a day of the week, you know, of the night, three in the morning, headlamps, you know, people don't realize what goes into it, especially we don't really have employees. So um, it's a lot of work. How large is your farm? We live on like 12 acres, but we farm under an acre of that land. And um, the type of farming we do is very tight crops. It's We don't till the ground. It's very, um, it's different than traditional farming. So we can get a lot out of small beds. All of our beds are only like 30 inches by 25 feet long. And we can get so much um, from one bed in itself. Are you are you still teaching or you, yes you are so yes. you teach and you farm I do yes so I teach um, I teach art at a high school actually in Virginia Beach at Kellum High School so I do that during the school year and then basically uh, farm in the summer and after school <laughs> gotcha yeah so. Do you wrangle these kids from your class to help you on the farm or? Yeah, I would like to. They have offered, but because I live on the Eastern Shore, um, I think it makes it a little difficult because the commute's probably about 50 minutes and then paying the toll. Yeah. Um, but I wish I could. And what about your kids? Do you have, you have yeah, two? Yeah, they're in the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the two-year-old and four-year-old, they're whoa, picking tomatoes whoa, whoa. all day. <laughs> Talk about child labor laws. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be really cool. <laughs> I hope someday my daughter will be out there helping with me. She comes out there, but she's, yeah. you know, she's not picking yet. From, from oh, what yeah. I see on your on your social media, she's helping now quite a bit. Well, she's she's certainly head of marketing. That's for sure. yeah. that that does work. <laughs> it, does, it does right, and she gets you out there for the early morning uh, suckering, the suckering of the tomatoes. Yeah, she she's awesome. That's great. So, what's it like um, raising kids on a farm? I think. Raising kids in itself and having a farm are probably the two hardest things we've ever done in our life. And for anyone who has done it, it's probably the hardest thing. Our kids, you know, aren't in daycare. And so we are balancing, um, trying to give them this valuable life of being outside in the dirt and us trying to farm and operate a business at the same time. 
So it's wonderful because I think they're going to have such wonderful memories and they're learn They know so much. I mean, my four year old understands the concept of seeds, plants. He can look at every crop and tell you what it is. He knows if it's, you know, garlic, onion, whatever. Um, but they can also, you know, like the two year old walks just completely across beds. You know, he doesn't care. <laughs> like, he's pulling green tomatoes instead of red ones. Um, but they're also run out to the field and pull a carrot and eat it right out of the dirt. So to see something like that is so beautiful um but it's challenging you know we work um my husband and i especially in the summertime we wake up around four and we work till eight when the kids get up and then one chooses okay who's feeding the kids today who's staying in the field and then one stays with the kids till 10 and then the little one goes to a nap and then the older one comes out in the field with us or is like in the sandbox while we're working then we feed them lunch and then the other one wakes up and we rotate who's going to take the kids one stays in the field and that's kind of um, how it goes. And then sometimes we still have to do things at night. And so who's laying the kids down and doing dinner while someone's in the field, you know, finishing up. So it's constant juggle. And then back at 4am again. And then back up at 4am. Well, yeah. I think now is the time that we not only thank again, Jenna for being here, but yeah. also her husband. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's a hell of a schedule. I want to read your growing philosophy. We live where we grow and we love where we live. So we use organic growing methods, including no spraying and no chemical use. We keep bees, raise chickens, and children. We don't harm them. Us or you. <laughs> That's a great philosophy. We try not to harm the children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what my mom says is you have to plant plant one for you and one for the bugs. Oh, of course. Yes. Um and for the animals and for the bunnies, you know, um, all of the above. The reason we actually started growing our own garden and, f you know, quote unquote farming um, was because we only have a this food lion where we live. It's one grocery store for our whole county. And they they have some organic um, produce, but not not much. And so that's why we started growing. And um, then, you know, it, it turned into the farm and. We still have challenges. We're still figuring out things. I always say, I think that's the beautiful thing about farming is you're never going to stop learning. Never, ever, 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 ever. Because it's going to always be something new. Um, and um, we even, I always say we're more than organic because if we're not certified by the government, but the government still allows you to use lots of chemicals that they, um, you know, say that are um, organic and some of them are fine, but there are ones that still will hurt other bees or, you know, other insects. And so you have to be really mindful about when you're spraying what, you know, what it, what's going into the um, plants. And so we try to use no chemicals um, and we lose crops, but we also use a lot of insect netting. So like our brassicas, um, which would be like kale and um, radishes, turnips, or we don't grow it during that time. Like turnips, we can't do right now. It will get so attacked. It's just not worth it. Arugula. I love arugula so much, but right now it just gets attacked. So um, we choose not to grow it. And that really comes down to, if you think about it, what the ideas were, you know, a long time ago of eating through the seasons, eating what you're supposed to be eating during that time of year. There are challenges, but I think it also makes you more in tuned with your plant. If you're on top of it, you know, like we have to be very in tuned with our plants and um, 
you know, do walkthroughs and check on them. And sometimes we don't. And then I go to a plant. I'm like, oh, this whole plant has aphids. <laughs> Great. Um, but we do do things like um, right now, I there's this bug. It's called, we put beneficial bugs in our garden. So it, they're called lace, lace wings, I believe. Lace wing bugs, lace wing flies, something like that. And um, every week I have a company um, deliver lace wings to us, the eggs, and I sprinkle them out at night. And in three days they hatch and they eat um, moth, moth eggs, grasshopper eggs, and aphids. Um, so some of the bad bugs. So Jenna, what kind of things are you growing on your farm? A lot of things we do are like quick rotation crops so they're a little bit quicker um, to mature so that we can sell them faster so we do a lot of lettuce salad mix radishes um, carrots beets a lot of root veg Um, we'll do turnips in the fall we do flowers Um, we also do we do do some summer crops that take longer like tomatoes because that's the most popular thing you we probably grow Um, and squash zucchini uh, peppers, okra. I mean, that's quite a variety. Cucumbers. Yeah, I guess it is. Wow, yeah. yeah. And you sell all those at the farmer's market? Yes. So um, our main outlet um, to sell our produce is through the farmer's markets. So we do two over here in Virginia Beach at um, Old Beach and Kings Grant. Um, so Old Beach is at Crocs. It's on 19th Street right next to WRV. 19th and Cypress at the oceanfront. That is every Saturday from 9 to 12. And then um, Kings Grant is only every other week. And it's on Thursdays from 4 to 7. And that's the neighborhood. My parents live there and I grew up there. So I feel like I have, you know, a little bit of my heart there. Do you have the opportunity to sell anything on the shore or do you just come over to the beach to sell? Um, that's a good question. So um, as um, things started to happen with COVID and things were shutting down and then the farmer's market shut down, I had a little bit of a you know meltdown because we have all this stuff in the field that we, you know, we were, this is our year. We knew what we were doing. I was ready to right. hit the ground running. Like we're going to kill it this year. And then that happened. And I was like, oh my gosh. How are we going to sell all this stuff? You know, it, it doesn't stop growing. Nothing right. stops growing with, you know, a pandemic. Um, but I started, because of social media, I follow a lot of farms. And a farm in Washington or Seattle, somewhere out there, that got hit really hard first with COVID. I saw them transition very quickly to do um, home deliveries and online pre-orders. And um, I did some web design in school. Um, so I set up a store immediately um, and started doing this pre-order. And because of social media, I just started to push it. And it was crazy. We are actually, our sales for March and April were the highest they've ever been in March and April with um, COVID going on and us doing the home deliveries. So we still today um, are doing home deliveries and we do it in our town of Cape Charles in the Northampton County where we live. Um, And we also um, got, we do a CSA over there for members in our town. So explain to me a little bit about the uh, CSA. What what exactly is that for people who don't know? Sure. Um, A CSA is a community, um, it stands for a community supported um, agriculture. The idea behind it or the original start was to get 
um, support from customers ahead of time. So you'll pay for a weekly box and you pay, say it's a 10 week CSA. So you'll pay ahead of time for 10 weeks. And then that helps the farmer get everything started, get the seed going. And then whenever it starts every week on a certain day of the week, you get a box of their veggies. You don't really know what it is. You're kind of eating through seasons, which is basically the original way, you know, food was grown. Keeps um, it interesting. Yeah. And so it's kind of a surprise every week um, of what they what they will get. And it cuts out that fear that you have all this produce growing and not knowing where it's going to go. Yep. You so. already have a home for it. Exactly. Kind of pre-sold. Yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So you were saying that you grow the vegetables based on the time of the year and that kind of thing. So are there vegetables that you take to the market and you kind of have to educate your customers as to what they are and why they're there? Or does everyone know what you grow and what they are? Is there any kind of education? You know, the biggest thing I teach people, and we had to learn it, we had to learn it the hard way, is how to store produce. No one knows how to store it. They just go home and throw it in the fridge and they're like, oh, it went bad. It's because they don't know how to keep it. So I constantly try to tell my customers, hey, you know, root veg, cut the greens off immediately, put the um, root veg in a Tupperware with a lid. It will last a month, maybe two months. They're like, what? I'm like, yes, it's a root. The greens on top are trying to survive over the root. So the greens suck the energy out of the root. So the radishes go soft, the beets go soft, carrots go soft. If you cut the tops, they're going to last. So stuff like that, I try to give little tips. And my CSA too, I give little tips. Great. Do you have any more tips? Ooh. <laughs> No, that's excellent information right there. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm writing it writing it all down. Yeah, no. Um, and we, we do lots of trial and errors. You know, constantly we're like, our, when we sell our salad mix, do we leave it in the bag that we sell it to them in? Do we put it in a Tupperware? Do we put the paper towel in? Do we not put the paper towel in? Do we buy one of those lettuce? It's like a made for greens. It's um, a Tupperware with like a little tray on the bottom so the water can drip below it. We actually use that for our lettuce. The, when we learn or we figure it out, you know, I I give that information. I think that's really important because I want our produce to last as long as possible for our customers. You know, um, I think that's something um, really important. One tip that actually Alvin's wife gave me was to store the tomatoes upside down. Mm-hmm. Yes. And not refrigerated. No, yeah. don't refrigerate. No, yeah. I knew that before, but upside down is the, the stem side down. Yep. Right. And people think on a window seal, um, you know, put your tomatoes on a window seal, they're ripen. But actually, cardboard or brown bags and a little and dark, they actually will ripen faster. The ideal temperature is like darkness and around fifty, I believe, fifty degrees. Um, tomatoes are really happy. Um, a lot of the bigger farmers they have like tomato rooms where they maintain that. I find myself buying stuff from you weekly for personal use. Um, at the house. Do you have many restaurant owners that visit you at the farmer's market and, and buy produce for their restaurants? Yeah, we do. So, well, last year we would send out like a fresh sheet to um, restaurants and um, they would order every week and we would deliver it. This year we were planning to do that and then things just happen, you know, with the uh, COVID and everything. So we haven't done that, but we still have ones that just text me or come to the market and pick it up. But we haven't pushed it as much this year. To be honest, we're selling out. Like people have reached out to us and we're just selling out at the market, which is, you know, going to be our highest profit. So we've just been um, 
pushing it that way. But there are still some restaurants that we have connections with within our town or over here that um, we still will will do things with them. Yeah. Now you find yourself selling out um, of certain items and many items. Is is this a time for you to expand and get bigger? We've talked about it and I, I don't know. I think we need to get better. I think it's important to get better at what you're doing before you get bigger. And I would rather have quality over quantity. And so um, maybe get bigger in the same crops we do that we're really successful at. But um, we have room to expand. We have lots of room to you expand. Got, you got yeah. the acreage for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but um, maybe in time, we don't want to do, we want it to happen organically. Um, and right now we can sustain kind of been up since four (laughs) Um, but um um in time if it happens we'll see jenna i understand that you're working with virginia tech which is where i went to school um with some little wasps what's that all about Yes. So this past week, um, we had a student from Virginia Tech. Um, he is studying to get his PhD there and he wanted, he was looking for organic farms to drop these wasp. And I thought when he came, I I was like, Oh yeah, sure. Come. He's like, it's going to help your squash bugs, which squash bugs are, they just attack your squash very quickly. Um, they do every year. It's just the matter of time of when they're going to do it. Um, and he got there and he opens up his jar and these wasps are like the size of fruit flies. Like they're so, they're like teeny tiny. I was worried about my kids getting stung. No, it's not that kind of wasps. So, um, he just placed them in our field. I think he did like 500 of them and they release and they, um, they lay their eggs inside squash bug eggs. So a squash bug lays their eggs underneath, um, squash leaves and they'll hatch and basically they start eating your squash and killing it. So these wasps lay inside the squash um, squash eggs and then those, they eat the squash egg to survive. So essentially they're eating the baby squash that will never be produced um, or hatched and hopefully cut down on the population. Squash bugs are the worst. Those are the, oh. the little square ones, right? Yeah, they're, they're like, like little stink bugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they lay out in little, little perfect little rows Yo, of eggs. Oh, yeah, yeah, so perfect. They go, what is that nice little yeah. design oh, on the bottom of the say. thing? I think the first time I saw it, I was like, this is so beautiful. I'm going to take a picture and post it. And then yeah. someone's like, uh, no. you want to get rid of those. I'm like, oh, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, they're horrible. Yeah. I mean, nature is beautiful. The bugs, oh my gosh, even the bad bugs are so gorgeous. Yeah, they look like dinosaurs. Yes, yes. Maybe there's more farms close by you, yeah. so those bugs are more prevalent. And looking for a home, oh. particularly the ones that got run out from the non-organic farms oh my gosh. nearby. That is so funny you just said that. So we live on the eastern shore. There is a lot of monocropping, which is like, you know, just fields of, you know, corn, soybeans, wheat. And so there's these conventional farmers that live all around us. And so we would never even be able to get certified because they're too close to us. Um, And in front of our house this year, they're growing potatoes. Well, we have so many potato beetles in our tomatoes. And I said, oh, the farmer came and sprayed those. And they're like, all right, guys, I know where we can go next. And they just haul butt to our tomatoes and they're attacking it. Like, I think they were like getting sprayed. They're like, everyone, move out. Go to Seafield. Um, So, yeah, I, I do. I do think that. 
Jenna, you gave a lot of tips on uh, on storing vegetables. Do you have any tips on preparing them? Yes. Well, kind of. So I'm not the chef. My husband is. I don't really cook. I kind of used to, but the longer I don't do it, I get worse at it. Um, so he is the go-to guy with food, and it just comes natural to him. Like, I need measurements. He he can't measure anything. So what I do, if you want tips, if you follow us on social media, we I always try to post his um, meals or just different things that he makes with, with the produce. And what would be your Instagram or Facebook address? So if you follow us at Seafield Farm, VA, like Virginia, you'll find us. And that's sea like the ocean. My husband came up with the name because we live on the ocean and we have a field. So sea field. Seafieldfarmva.com. <laughs> yep. That's it. Oh, website is also www.seafieldfarmva.com. Jenna, I find sometimes at the restaurant I have guests and customers telling me how to cook and, uh, <laughs> and what to do to, to make it better for them. Do you have uh, any stories or anybody telling you how to grow your vegetables and what you should do? Yes. Um, I have lots of customers telling me how to do things and um, what I should do. Oh, and what I should grow. That's a good one, too. Something that does stick out right now, we have something called a lemon cucumber. and um, it's not them telling me what to do, but it is so fun. You almost become autopilot because almost every customer says, a lemon cucumber? What's that? It's like, it looks like a lemon, tastes like a cucumber, a little more mild than a cucumber. You can eat it whole. My husband even eats it like apples. You don't need to skin it. And like It's literally like autopilot. I say it every time. not the first time you it's said like, that. It's right? like, I can just, you know, recite it. And once they come, we have one girl helping us now. I'm like, now get prepared. They're going to ask you this a lot. And she's like, oh my gosh. Like after, you know, the first day, I was like, yes, you will hear it over and over. Just say this. Um, but people are always intrigued with it because it's it's not too exotic, um, it's a cucumber. They know what that is. So they're like, ooh, let me try one. So they're always try it because they're intrigued and they know what a cucumber is. Jenna, thank you for coming over to Steinhober's once again, yeah. um, making a new it's been appearance. Since prom. Since prom. prom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and our limo drivers. Never mind. <laughs> stole our Captain Morgan. just kidding just kidding (laughs) Jenna it's great to see you again Um, you're always welcome to come back and work at Cobalt if this farm doesn't work out thanks I like waiting tables so maybe I'll take you up on it you like waiting tables or you like working with me well a little both alright all right. What am I, chop liver over here? Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to make any more salads. I cut enough of the lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could we could get your promotion. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely. It's great to see y'all again. It was awesome. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. And folks out there, you can get links to Jenna's website on our Instagram and Facebook. And you can also view other photographs and points of interest from our podcast at thecheckpodcast.com. And I'm Brady. And I'm Alvin. This is The The Check. Check.